Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, and welcome back. This will be for chapter 9 of Isaiah. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. During Jesus' day, these were the lands of Galilee, and afterwards did more grievously afflict by the way of the Red Sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light, the Messiah. They they that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. Jesus lived in Galilee and was the light to the people who knew him. Thou hast multiplied the nation, Abraham's posterity, and increased the joy. that They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest, and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. Verses 3-7 through deal with the coronation of Jesus as king of kings during the millennium. W. Cleon Skousen said, In the King James Version, this verse states that the people would not increase their joy, but the Book of Mormon gives the correct rendition. In fact, the King James translators inserted a marginal note indicating that there was some question about the word not. The Revised Standard Version leaves out the not, just as the Book of Mormon did nearly a century earlier. The word not obviously contradicts the next two phrases, which say that the joy of the people will be so exuberant that it will be similar to the happiness which always accompanies the gathering in of the harvest, or the happiness of those occasions when the booty is about to be distributed among after a long, hard-fought campaign for victory. So, uh, let's see, did I say that right? Yes. Um, so they did increase their joy. I, didn't, I did not say not. Okay, verse 4. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, tools of the master over slaves. In biblical times, the staff and rod were used by taskmasters on slaves. A yoke was a wooden frame designed to harness together beasts of burden. These three items, the yoke, the staff, and the rod, signify oppression or the burdens placed on Israel by its neighbors. Verse 5. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood, but this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. In other words, this might be nuclear destruction. Verse 6, For all of the proceeding has happened because unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Jeffrey R. Holland said, The fact that the government would eventually be upon his shoulders affirms that all the world will one day acknowledge that he is the Lord of Lords and King of Kings and will one day rule over the earth and his church in person. All can take comfort from the fact that because the government and the burdens thereof will be upon his shoulders, they will be lifted in great measure from their from our own. This is yet another reference in Isaiah to the atonement, the bearing away of our sins, or at least in this reference our temporal burdens, on the shoulders of Christ. His And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. In Hebrew, it reads Wonderful Counselor. There's no comma between Wonderful and Counselor. In fact, there's no, there's no punctuation in Hebrew anyway. Uh, so he, let me read it again. He is called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty King, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. 
And Neil Maxwell said, Jesus is even described as the Father because he is the Father creator of this and other worlds. Furthermore, he is the Father of all who are born again spiritually. When we take upon ourselves his name and covenant to keep his commandments, we then become his sons and daughters, the children of Christ. Additionally, since he and the Father are one in attributes and in purpose, Jesus acts for the Father through divine investiture, sometimes speaking as the Father. These titles of Christ represent the type of service he would render to his people. He has four titles, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Verse 7, Of the increase of government and peace there is no end, upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it. The confusion of the celestial world will be replaced by the society of Christ. And to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. In Isaiah 9, 9 to 10, uh, or verse 9 through chapter 10, verse 4, is divided into four subsections. The first deal deals with pride. The second concerns evil leaders. The third decries the lack of love and kindness for others. And the fourth refers to social injustice. The four subsections are part of a single prophecy, but are divided structurally with an identical poetic refrain at the end of each section. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. You'll notice the mercy of, of Jesus no matter how bad people people are. Verse 8, The Lord sent his word unto Jacob, and it hath lighted upon Israel. This is directed to Ephraim, the northern kingdom. It also applies to us today. And all the people shall know, even Ephraim and the inhabitants of Samaria, that say in the pride and stoutness of heart, The bricks are fallen down, but we will build with hewn stones. The sycamores are cut down, but we will change them into cedars. Therefore the Lord shall set up the adversaries of resin against him, and join his enemies together, the Syrians before and the Philistines behind, and they shall devour Israel with open mouth, for all his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For the people turned not, they did not repent. Unto him that smit that smiteth them, neither do they seek the Lord of hosts. Therefore will the Lord cut off from Israel head and tail, the head government, and the tail false prophets. Branch and rush in one day. The ancient, he is the head, and the prophet that, te- that teacheth lies, he is the tail. For the leaders of, the, of, of this people cause them to err, and they that are led of them are destroyed. Therefore the Lord shall have no joy in their young men, neither shall have mercy on their forefathers on their fatherless and widows, for every one of them is a hypocrite and an evildoer, and every mouth speaketh folly. For all this his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. For wickedness burneth as the fire, it shall shall devour the briars and thorns, and shall kindle in the thickets of the forests, and they shall mount up like the lifting up of smoke. Through the wrath of the Lord of hosts is the land darkened, and the people shall be as the fuel of of the fire. No man shall spare his brother. The wicked shall destroy each other. And he shall snatch on the right hand and be hungry, and he shall eat on the left hand, and they shall not be satisfied. Greed and corruption would would run rampant. Each person would cheat or steal from his neighbor to the right, but would be left wanting more, whereupon each would steal from his neighbor to the left, and still would not be satisfied. These awful conditions would result in a total breakdown of society. People's corrupt actions would would be as destructive upon society as eating the flesh of one's own arm would be upon the body. That was again, uh, that was Isaiah, the time of fulfillment. They shall eat every man the flesh of his own arm. There will be a famine. Manasseh Ephraim and Ephraim Manasseh. 
Ephraim will be against Manasseh, and Manasseh will be against Ephraim, and they also will be against Judah. They together shall be against Judah. For all this, his anger is not turned away, but his hand is stretched out still. In spite of Israel's rejection of Christ, his hand would still be outstretched, beckoning for them to return to him, beckoning us to repent and return. And this, I, this is the end of the chapter, and I'll see you next time. Bye.